1: To preserve and strengthen the family, one awesome focus can be the principle of gratitude. Today, we wanna discuss the principle of gratitude. We wanna lay out some of the doctoral principles of gratitude. We'll talk about some research on gratitude, and then we'll discuss how to create a culture of gratitude in our children and ourselves and our families. So a few years ago, when our children were younger, well I think it was one Thanksgiving we decided to have everybody write down, you know, what you do those those activities, you know, around Thanksgiving about what they're grateful for and Yeah. And uh we just got a kick out of one of our oldest daughter at the time was a preteen and, and she was like 12 or 13, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she wrote down that her favorite things that she were grateful was grateful for was Old Navy and Lip Smacker at the time. And we were just like, okay, we've got some work to do here. Yeah, we've got some work to do there. Yeah. And so I think that
0: was the same year that our son said he was fasting on a Sunday for presents. He was hoping that he'd get tons of presents for Christmas.
1: So we realized we had a little work to do in our family on teaching our children to be grateful for what they have and grateful for the right things. And not that you can't be grateful for. You know, Old Navy and Lip Smacker because those do have a place, but you know, let's let's put priorities in. I think know, she was. Right I think she was grateful for that
0: because we had moved from a place where we didn't have a lot of stores like that nearby. But anyway, it's a good point, right? So, so Janie, one of the things I think about when I think of you is I think that you grew up in a home where gratitude was emphasized, and you, maybe you can think about how that happened. But I, I just remember. One of the first experiences with you when I was when we were just newly engaged is we got in a car accident in a snowstorm, and as we were getting towed out of that and got back on the road and were driving away, you know, you uh, you said you know don't you think we should pray? And I remember thinking, for what? I mean, we're okay, everything's good. And and you said, no, don't you think we should express thanks that we are okay? And I'd really never kind of thought that direction before. And then I remember that Christmas with your family, after all the gifts were opened and it was a wonderful Christmas, I remember your mom uh, saying, you know, we really need to kneel down and and thank our Heavenly Father for this incredible, amazing Christmas. And I, once again, had never thought that direction.
1: Yeah, and I I do think that I was taught that by my parents. And I remember that moment, too. It was very Mm -hmm. powerful because to see the array of beautiful gifts and the abundance that we have, and not everybody in the world, obviously... You know, is that is that blessed? And I remember that lesson from my mom and how how powerful that was for me to always express gratitude, to be grateful for the things that we have.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I remember, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, I remember being home on a whatever day that was of the week, well, I think we were all home. I mean, I don't think that was a choice, but we were listening to President Nelson's message to the world on the healing power of gratitude. And he talked about the death of his wife, Dansel, and then he talked about the loss of two of his daughters to cancer. And I'll, and I'll just read what he said. He said, no parent is prepared to lose a child, and yet, despite these and other difficult experiences, I'm incredibly and eternally grateful for so many things. I'm grateful to God for the 60 years Dansel and I shared together, for a lifetime of love and joy and cherished memories, and I thank him for my wife, Wendy, who I met after Dansel's passing. She now fills my life with joy, and I'm grateful to God for the years I had with my two departed daughters. This father's heart melts when I see attributes of those girls and the precious faces of their children and grandchildren. I just love that so much. I love that instead of focusing on the loss, he focuses on what they had together and the wonderful memories they had and the times that they spent together and the joy that was in their family that they experienced together. Um... And I think that's a wonderful way to get through life.
1: So I love that talk that President Nelson gave that's called The Healing Power of Gratitude, because I really Mm. feel like gratitude is healing. Yeah. So just like Paul Harvey used to say, (laughs) anybody want to hear the rest of the story? (laughs) Yes,
0: I love the rest of the story.
1: (laughs) So just a couple weeks ago, Sherry Dew gave a talk in Hawaii, BYU, Hawaii, kind of on the rest of the story. And here's what she shares. Two years ago, I saw President Russell M. Nelson see something I could not see. On September 17, 2020, I was among those invited to a communications meeting with President Nelson. The pandemic was raging, and we suggested that President Nelson record a message of hope for Church members. He told us to sprinkle a little fertilizer on that idea and bring it back to him the following week. But then the very next day, President Nelson asked our group to meet with him again. He told us that our idea wasn't bad, it just wasn't right. During the night, he had received the impression that he should indeed record a message, but a message for the world, not just members of the church. He said his message should be about gratitude and include a prayer for the world. He told us the exact day and the time the video should be released and even how long it should be. I had never heard President Nelson be so specific about communication details, But as he spoke, I knew that I was witnessing a prophet act on Revelation. We assembled a team of videographers and others to fulfill President Nelson's instructions. If this group had relied on their own expertise, they never would never have recommended a video as long as the one President Nelson specified, nor would they have suggested releasing it on a Friday. But a prophet had spoken, and we went to work. The result was hashtag gift thanks, a video released on November twentieth, 2020. And the results unprecedented. The video's reach dwarfed anything the church had ever released, especially to those not of our faith. Never in the history of the earth had so many people heard a prophet's voice. Prophets do see around corners. Yeah, that's... And that's the name of the talk that she gave is Prophets See Around Corners. And I just thought that was so incredible that why in the middle of the pandemic, when everybody was so worried, so depressed, so trapped, so and there were discouraged, people, sick and
0: there were, people, people dying. were dying,
1: people were having family members ill, and it was just a bad time. And why would President Nelson choose to give a talk about gratitude? Right. And I really had to stop and think about that and how powerful that that really was for all of us that gave us hope, to gave us a new perspective on the things that we do have and the blessings that we have in our life, instead of focusing on... The hard times, the down times. And I was really appreciative of that. And all of us probably remember that incredible talk he gave.
0: Yeah. In fact, I remember looking at you while we listened to it and said, I'm really grateful for President Nelson. I thought it was such a timely message. You know, today you think of uh, some of the, the uh, benefits and blessings and opportunities that our children have. Many of them live in beautiful homes. They drive nice cars. You know, some of our teenagers do. They have incredible phones and technology. They have they travel, they take trips. And you do wonder sometimes if they're grateful. And I'm not saying they're not, but I you know, I think yeah, every I think parent needs to ask as that parent. question.
1: Yeah, as a parent to decide, you know, figure out and and judge if our children are grateful for the things that they have. <laughs> sure, and if not, yeah. it's a great opportunity to teach our children. It reminds me of a a story one of our girls came home one day and said, It's so funny, my my good friend has this awesome smartphone, Mm. but she wants the new version of it, and her parents won't get it for her unless, you know, something happens with that one. So she's purposely trying to destroy her phone, so she would purposely throw it on the ground and... You know, not take <laughs> care of it so that her parents would buy her the newest, updated version <laughs> of wow. her smartphone. And we had a great discussion about gratitude. You know, being grateful for <laughs> for things. But right. Um, you know, and then I've heard other parents say, "Wow, you know, I, I hate Christmas because my kid has everything. I, you know, there's nothing that I can get them that they want."
0: Wow. And yeah. I have
1: to stop and think, wow, is that doing a service for our children? You know, if our children literally have everything at their fingertips they don't even want for anything, you know, are they appreciative of what they have, you know, or are they just being showered with so much abundance that they literally can't handle it?
0: So if you think about it, the opposite of gratitude is
1: entitlement. Wow. I yeah. think, And I think that's a big responsibility on our shoulders as parents to make sure that our kids don't feel entitled, that they don't think that they deserve the latest, greatest, newest at every moment, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, I think we need to teach them to be grateful for the things that they have.
0: And I think that's a way to, to, to determine if there is a sense of entitlement is, is when there isn't gratitude, you know, and mm-hmm. that they seem to almost take for granted that, yes, we should have this or.
1: Or it's we expected sh- or. Yeah, or it's demanded. expected,
0: exactly. Well, in this poll uh, conducted at the C.S. Mott Children's Hospital at the University of Michigan, they found that four out of five parents and 81% with children ages four to 10 said that they agreed that children today are usually not grateful for what they have. In fact, more than half the parents polled in this study, 58% said that they're concerned that they're giving their children too much, while 42% said that they sometimes are embarrassed by how selfish Their child acts. You know, that gets into that entitlement again, right? (laughs) Right. Selfishness kind of drives that.
1: And I think we've all been there, right? We've all had children who have acted bratty or spoiled, you know. But again, that's our job as parents that we need to correct that. And we need to help them and teach them. Because that's what discipline means, right? To teach. And I think that's our job.
0: Yeah, Totally. 88% 88% of parents said that they regularly make sure that children do say please and thank you, while 11% of parents said that they occasionally do that, and 1% said they rarely do. It's it's really interesting to me that of all the principles that parents teach children, it feels like gratitude is one that people actually try to teach. They're intentional about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I Janie, I love something that you said a little while ago as we were kind of discussing this. You said it. That gratitude is something that has to be taught, right? That it doesn't come naturally.
1: Yeah, I I don't think children naturally come into the world, you know.
0: Just grateful? Yeah, I think that we do
1: need to point that out and teach that constantly. I think we need to constantly, you know, be pointing, oh, look, the neighbor brought us cookies. Wasn't that so nice that they would take the time to do that? Or, oh, somebody dropped you off from a carpool after soccer practice. I hope you said thank you because that was nice of them to go out of their way and bring you home. Or... You know, I know we were big on that, is making sure that our kids always said thank you. And and it was kind of offensive when neighbor kids didn't say thank you, you know, when you'd go out of your way to take them home and they just get out and slam the door. And so we would always point that out to our kids. You Guys, I hope you're always saying thank you to people who go out of their way for you and teach you nice, you know, do nice things for you.
0: To me, that was always a litmus test for a strong family, if... If we, if we had the children that were, were visiting, our own children, and, and they were grateful, I thought, wow, those parents are really teaching their kids, you know, how to do things the right way. So let's talk a little bit about some of the doctrines and principles that are associated with gratitude. Most of you are probably familiar with the wonderful story in Luke chapter 17 of Jesus dealing with those 10 men that had the dreaded disease of leprosy. And as we know that story well... Uh, Jesus tells them to go to the priest. The priest is the one who could pronounce them clean. They do so. They were all cleansed of their leprosy. But we know the story, right? That only one comes back. He actually falls down on his face at the feet of Jesus, thanking him profusely. And of course, this is when Jesus says, but we're the, they're not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? And it's just a reminder a great reminder of how important gratitude is and how quickly we forget what the Lord has done for us.
1: You know, as I was thinking about the story of the 10 lepers, um, I, I highly doubt that the rest of the nine were just ungrateful or, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sure they were excited. They had to run, go tell their families, you know, but I'm sure that they were grateful, but they didn't express it. And I think that's a, that's a common tendency for the us. You know, sometimes we feel, I'm sure we all feel gratitude or we feel grateful for what our Heavenly Father has given us or something that somebody did for us. But sometimes we don't express it. And I think that's where the rubber meets the road is we need to open our mouths and share that with people. Right. I love that quote that Camilla Kimball says is never suppress a generous thought. I've always loved that because sometimes I'll have to remind myself, oh, yes, I need to thank them for that because right. that's where the gratitude comes in. Or we need I need to thank Heavenly Father for the blessings that he's given me in prayer every morning and every night. So I think... I try to give the benefit of the doubt to the other nine lepers because, you know, I just think <laughs> that that's where they—that's right? where they failed. Yeah, is yeah. just they didn't express it. So I think we can all do better.
0: So yeah, and this is a great area for us to be teaching our children that it's not enough to think it, but we need to to talk about it and express it. I think of Doctrine and Covenants 59:21, and in nothing doth man offend God, or against none is His wrath kindled, save those who confess not His hand in all things. Mm. Or in other words, the idea that it's our Heavenly Father, that every good thing that we have in this life comes from Him. And He wants to hear us express, like you just said, express, not just think, but express that gratitude.
1: Because it changes us. It's for our good. It's not because He needs our praise or our adoration. It's because for what it does to us and to our own souls.
0: Part of what it does, I think, is it draws Him us to Him. Yeah, You know... Janie, when I read this quote, it makes me think of you a lot. Um, And it's from Melody Beatty, who's the author of Codependent No More. But she said that gratitude, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today. And creates vision for tomorrow. I don't know, I don't know how that strikes you, but I feel that's so impressive to me.
1: Yeah, I've I've heard that quote too about what we, you know, gratitude turns what we have into enough, and I think that's such a great perspective. People that can go through life content with what they have, or what the Lord has allotted them, or what you know, I think that's just uh, so admirable.
0: I do too, and I think it it helps us to draw closer to our Heavenly Father and to others, and to be content. In this life, so many of us are in our children too, right? Are, are seeking for other things or coveting a lot of things in life, a lot of material possessions, and just to be content with what we have as a great gift. You know, in the Gospel Topics Library, it says that gratitude is a feeling of appreciation and thankfulness for the blessings and benefits we've received. And as we cultivate a grateful attitude, we're more likely to be happy and spiritually strong. Now, that's kind of what we want to focus on here just for a minute, but some of the great benefits to gratitude. And here we have this idea that happy people are grateful people. It's going to be hard not to repeat that several times, but here's back to that definition in the Gospel Topics Library, that people are generally happier when they have gratitude in their hearts. Think about why. I mean, as you think about that, Janie, as you think about, so why are people happier?
1: Well, I think to finish that statement, (laughs) it says we cannot be bitter, resentful, or mean-spirited when we are grateful. Right. And like, how would that would change the culture of our homes? If our children were grateful, that we could eliminate the bitterness, resentfulness, the mean-spiritedness, the contention in our homes. Right. I think that's really powerful.
0: But I think it also helps us to focus in the right area. You know, I think of back just using that cool car wreck as an example it would have been easy to focus on the inconvenience that caused to spin off the road in the snowstorm the money that we had to pay to get towed out of the ditch uh, maybe the money we had to pay to straighten out the fender or replace a tire or you focus on the fact that you're alive and you probably shouldn't have been alive after that one,
1: right? So I love in the Book of Mormon where it says that we are taught to arise daily with hearts full of thanks unto God in Alma. Yeah. And then my one of my all-time favorite scriptures in Alma 34, that we should live in Thanksgiving daily. So we're kind of in that Thanksgiving season right now. We all have gratitude on our minds and... But I think it's something more bigger than that. We should have Thanksgiving every day. It's not just a season. It's just not a one-day holiday. You know, that it's something that we should celebrate every day. I think that's a
0: spiritual gift, right? To be able to see the Lord's hand in your life and the blessings that He does give us on a daily basis and to be focused on those good things that are coming to us all the time. And they're from Him.
1: And don't you love those people? I just admire those people that have gone through such hard things in their life, so many trials, but you ask them, how are they doing? And they just talk about the blessings. They talk about the peace. They talk about how the Lord has, you know, they have seen the Lord's hand in their life and what a blessing that is. And to me, I'm just so inspired by those people.
0: I am too. In fact, I just, as you said that I'm thinking of several people in our stake that have just been involved in serious health with some serious health issues and in every case these families are talking about the miracles that they've seen along the way and God's hand in their lives, even though they're in serious trouble and trial right now. Well, I love what research you know, there's some research out there that has taught us so much about gratitude just recently. Uh, one research study reported that those who are religious express gratitude more often than those who aren't. That's probably pretty self explanatory, but religion is good for us. And here we go 75 percent of the religious respondents in this study agreed with the statement that I have so much in life to be thankful for compared to just 39% of those who weren't religious. And that the younger people are, the less likely are they are to express gratitude. And that's why the older generation, I think, needs to continue to teach and model what it means to be grateful, even for our, our young married couples and young college students. Only 35% of 18 to 24-year-olds reported that they expressed gratitude often compared to 57% of those 65 or older. And then, probably not surprising, but women are more grateful than men. 52% of women and 44% of men express gratitude on a regular basis. When we talk about teenagers, religion makes a difference with teenagers as well. 77% of teenagers between the ages of 13 to 17 feel a strong sense of gratitude. So remember, 77% feel this strong sense of gratitude, which I think is amazing. But 85% of evangelical Protestants felt the gratitude was a real powerful influence in their life compared to just 68% of those who had no religious affiliation. 90% of those who feel religion is really important in their lives felt a deep sense of gratitude compared to, to once again, less than 70% who felt that religion just wasn't that important. You know, I really do believe that life is all about what you choose to focus on. And the things that we choose to focus on really determine our happiness or or our unhappiness, if you want to say it that way. We can focus on our trials and our challenges and the hard things in our life. Or we can focus on all the good stuff, right? And uh, it makes a huge difference.
1: I love that Joseph B. Wirthlin said, I believe that many people are unhappy because they have not learned to be grateful. And I think that's so profound. I think we can get in a, a mindset and get bogged down in the, oh, woe is me attitude. And it kind it of becomes, becomes all consuming. But when we change that attitude or we hang out with people who have a more positive attitude, I think that rubs off too. But I love that, that many people are not happy because they haven't learned to be grateful. And again, saying that that is a taught, you know, that's an attribute that we can learn and that we can learn ourselves, that we can teach our children. And I think it's so important that we model that for them, that we are a great example of gratitude, that we look, you know, see the sunny side up, the cup half full, and are grateful for things and model that for our children so that they will be happy.
0: It reminds me of someone that I know that, In graduate school, they were always complaining, always complaining of how hard it was, how busy they were, how little time they had to do the things that they liked. And I always kept thinking, well, why don't you just focus on how much money you're going to make when you get out of here? Because you're going to make a lot of money with this degree, but their focus was on all the negative and they, and they weren't happy, you know.
1: Mm. Another author said, all happy people are grateful and ungrateful people cannot be happy because gratitude is the key to happiness. Anything that undermines gratitude must undermine happiness. Yeah. I thought, Yeah, that's so profound. Gratis- it's a great way to live, you know? Yes. To well, live in Thanksgiving daily.
0: Right. Yep. Grat- gratitude and uh, happiness are just deeply connected. It's hard to separate those.
1: Have you ever been around somebody, you know, where you say, <laughs> hey, how are you doing today? And they... Start telling you, oh, war was me? You know, oh, and it's like Eeyore, you know, from <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. And those people are just not fun to be around. Got to find a way to
0: find the good, right? And to be optimistic and hopeful, and, and gratitude's a part of that. It's, you know, ro- we're going to recommend a book, Robert Eamon's book called Thanks, How Practicing Gratitude Can Make You Happier. This Dr. Eamon's did years and years of research on the principle of gratitude and how it really makes a difference. and It's not just a a psychological difference or a positive mental attitude difference. It's a literal difference in our DNA. I mean, it really affects our entire bodies. And they did all this research showing how gratitude, the expression of gratitude can improve our immune systems, lower our blood pressure, uh, better kidney health, lower levels of stress hormones are kicked out, lower levels of heart disease. Better sleep, longer sleep. Uh, research that's been done over and over and and repeated, wow. over and over. Just, just sh- that
1: alone <laughs> makes you want to be grateful and happy. Huh? Right.
0: <laughs> and anyway, and, and there's really a lot. I mean, we could talk about it. We could have an entire podcast on all the incredible, you know, physical and physiological benefits of gratitude. We won't do that today. That may be boring to read a lot of statistics, but let's talk for a moment about the wise of gratitude. Why is gratitude such a big deal? We've talked about some of those things already, but Janie, what are you thinking? Well,
1: I think the first main thing is it just helps us remember our dependence on our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ for all the multitude of blessings that they have given us. I mean, everything is theirs and everything that we have, they have blessed us with and given us. And I think grateful people, you know, like the statistics you you gave earlier, we just Religious people focus on that and know from whence, you know, they see the hand of God in their life. They see the miracles every day, and they and know I where think, those
0: blessings are coming from. Yeah, and right? I think
1: that is the most important reason.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I definitely gratitude increases our self worth. We spend a lot of efforts trying to build up the self worth in our children, and uh, we do that often by giving them material uh, things and opportunities. But by focusing on what they have and being content will boost their self-worth more than giving them uh, an abundance, an abundance of material things.
1: Yeah, I think another thing is it helps us, if we're grateful for other people and share that with people in our lives, I think it it draws us to each other. You know, yeah. I think it helps us be connected, it helps us have empathy with other people, and just, you know, it creates love and unity.
0: I, I totally believe that. I've seen that. I've seen how that can can work. We've already talked about the idea that gratitude can help us to become happier. But there's research that shows us that the more grateful teenagers are, the less anxiety and the less depression that they'll have.
1: Yeah. I think another thing it helps us appreciate the things that we do have, let's focus on what we have and not what's out there that our neighbors have, that our friends have, and just, you know, be grateful for what we have because sometimes stuff is just More stuff. (laughs) We take a lot of things for granted and we don't appreciate
0: (laughs) it that much when you have it, right? Right. We already talked about another benefit that gratitude is good for our physical and our mental health. How parents teach gratitude. There was a study done asking parents how they taught gratitude as we get into the hows of gratitude. 88% of parents in this study said that they teach their children to be grateful by teaching them to say please and thank you. 60% felt that doing chores around the house. Was a way that children could express their gratitude donating their toys or clothes to organizations especially this time of year and being prayerful and expressing gratitude in prayers 36 percent said that that was how they they taught gratitude in their home why don't we head to the finish line a little bit today and just talk about the hows of gratitude how do we teach our children to be grateful
1: i know for me kind of the main thing that helps me be grateful that we could teach our children is to keep a gratitude journal. Yeah. Um. I know for me, every, at the end of the day, it's awesome to be able to write down, reflect on the day and what happened. And I love again, Dr. Robert Eamons from his book. Thanks. You know, how pra- pra- practicing gratitude can make you happier. He says it's reported that people who regularly keep a journal, or Gratitude Journal, are in the habit of recognizing and expressing gratitude for their blessings. They reported feeling closer and more connected to people. They had better relationships and they were more likely to help others. They felt less lonely, felt less depressed, slept better, and were more pleasant to be around.
0: That's That makes it worth it right there, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and he's kind of just echoing what President Henry B. Eyring talked in his, that wonderful um, talk he gave, Oh, Remember, Remember, where he talks about how he wrote in his journal every single night. And he would ask by saying, how did God bless me today? And he would think and write about it. And it was such a blessing to him and his family that he could see Heavenly Father's hand in his, in his life every single day. And he says that as sometimes we'll have gifts brought to our mind that, you know, if we fail to notice during the day, but that night as we're thinking about it, Heavenly Father will remind us, oh, that, yeah. That was such a miracle or a blessing in my life. And so I really do think that a gratitude journal is such an incredible way to see those tender mercies that we all enjoy every day that somehow we skip over.
0: I think the second thing that we could do to express our gratitude or to teach our children to express gratitude is to make a gratitude visit. Take our children on a gratitude visit. There are many people in our lives that have made a difference. There are coaches, there are teachers, there are church leaders, there are family members and friends that have made a difference in our lives. So why not tell them about the difference that they've made? So years ago, I found out that my mission president was dying of cancer. And I collaborated with a couple of other missionaries, and we decided to get to Salt Lake City. I lived in Dallas at the time, but to get to Salt Lake to express to him our gratitude for what he had done in our lives. And here we were 30 years later. You know, we all had children in the mission field ourselves at that point. But to sit down with our mission president just weeks before he passed away and to share with him the difference that he made in our life, not just while we were in the mission field, but how those lessons that he taught us carried over throughout the rest of our lives probably was one of the most significant experiences of my life to be able to share that with him and to see how it affected him and his whole family. It was a wonderful, awesome experience. Number three, write a gratitude note or a letter to someone. Once again, there are people in our lives that have made a difference, that have done things for us, that have had an impact on us. And writing something down and having it recorded could be really helpful to someone. And I think about that. I think of a bishop that I had years ago, Janie, that we had. when We were just a young married couple in our first ward in Mesa, Arizona, who was just an incredible bishop. And I remember watching him from kind of a vantage point of being in my early 20s and just thinking, wow, this man is an incredible bishop. And just almost taking notes and just watching closely. And then years later in my mid-40s, I was called to be a bishop and uh, I remember thinking of this man and the impact he had on me and finding his email address and writing him a note and expressing that to him of how the way that he served and the way that he blessed and helped other people, the the way that he spoke, and the things that he spoke about had an impact on me. And I found myself doing some of the things, same things that he had done as a bishop. And it was very helpful to me to watch his example.
1: And how neat for him to receive that letter, you know, to be, right. to realize, you know, can you imagine getting a letter like that and just thinking, wow, something that I did actually had an impact on someone else. So,
0: and he I, was older at the t- you know, he was in his sixties at the time. And I think to realize someone was watching him close and just taking notes and learning.
1: Yeah. So gratitude, you know, blesses ourselves, but it blesses others. And people need to hear those things.
0: Right. So how about number four?
1: Number four, expressing prayers of gratitude. And I think this is huge. Again, I think we go through our day, we're exhausted, you know, we just want to get into bed and we do the quickie. <laughs> right. But I think that we we need to think about our day and recognize the times when Heavenly Father was blessing our lives, that we see those tender mercies, you know, how did we see the hand of God in our life? And I love how Elder Eyring talked about that from his talk in General Conference, Oh, Remember, Remember, when he talked about every night he would ask himself, how did I see the hand, the Lord of, the, the hand of the Lord in my life that day? Right. And it became a, an incredible journal and an incredible album for his family that they could read back and recall and see all the blessings that, and all the things that the Lord had done for them.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a, it's just, it's just an important concept to teach our children to be grateful and to express their things instead of asking constantly for the things that we need to just, like you you shared, Janie, earlier uh, with me, just having a prayer of, of gratitude.
1: You know what I noticed, and I noticed it in our children, I notice it now in our grandchildren, and something that we need to help them change is that when they go to pray, it's always please bless me with, please bless us that, please bless us that. And I think if we taught our children and turned it around and said, hey guys, let's start, let's mention three things that you're grateful for before we ask Heavenly Father for something and kind of turn it around and help them focus on, you know, oh, thank you for my family. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for, you know, anyway, I think that's just a great way to help teach our children and to turn the focus around instead of, please bless us to have fun, which is what our grandchildren <laughs> always say. You know, please that if they we could turn their their focus to I'm grateful for this and this and this, or even have a week where we say, we're not going to ask Heavenly Father for anything. We're just going to be grateful. You know, let's just see how many things that we're grateful for. And I think that's a good way to turn our children's hearts and their vision around. Just to
0: focus on that gratitude. And then number five is just this mindset of just, constantly teaching our children and our grandchildren to be grateful because we live in a selfish world where gratitude is not expressed that often. In fact, I remember in our day, and I hate saying that in our day, but you have to say that every now and then, but it was expected that we were going to write thank you notes. In fact, I remember on Christmas day at the end of the day, our mom having us all sit down and writing thank you notes to those who had given us gifts that day. And uh, that is not practiced as much uh, now as it may have been in earlier days, but it's a, great, it's a great way. It's a great way to direct our focus, the focus of our children and grandchildren towards those who have given them things. It's appreciation. It's expressing that appreciation. And so encourage our children to, to express gratitude in prayer. Encourage them to write notes and to say thank you. And to always express kindness, love, and appreciation to those who do things for them. You know, many years ago, a friend of mine taught a seminary in ninth grade in St. George, Utah. And he shared the experience in a book that I had read that at the end of the year, he taught five classes of ninth graders, and at the end of the year, he wanted to express his gratitude to them. And so, he put together a huge, what we would call, barbecue. He supplied all the food, he cooked it all for 150 freshman students in high school. Everyone ate, they all had a good time, and many even came back for seconds. But then I'll quote my friend now. He said, but to my surprise, not even one student paused to say thank you, and that concerned me. The reason for the party was not to hear them thank me, but it occurred to me that if 150 14- and 15-year-old youth are that careless about expressing gratitude for a hamburger, could it be possible that they may, might also be careless about thanking their Heavenly Father for the blessings that He bestows upon them? Well, what a wonderful lesson and a great observation. So let's continue to find ways to teach our children and grandchildren how to be grateful. In our true fashion of LDS, let's do something, we invite you at the end of this podcast to sit down with your family and identify someone that you could write a note to or a letter to express your gratitude or to even make a gratitude visit with your family. It'll make someone's day. It certainly could make your own day and the day of your family. We would also invite you to share this podcast with anyone that you think could benefit from it. Until next time, we hope you have a wonderful week. We look forward to being with you again on the Preserving Families podcast.